This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, September 15th, 2019. Leadership Lessons, Character. Well, good morning, Connection Church. Isn't this a glorious day to be part of God's kingdom? It's a glorious day to be back from vacation. It's good to be away, but it's always good to be back. So good to be with you today. Today we begin a new series in which we uh, take a look at a guy named Nehemiah. And we meet Nehemiah in the first part of the Bible, the Old Testament, entire book with his name on it. He's a really good leader. And, and so for the next couple of weeks, we're going to learn about leadership through character, community, and dealing with conflict from this book of Nehemiah. Today our focus is on character. Good morning, Connection Church. Thank you so much for coming today. Our mission is to connect people with Jesus and the new life he offers, and I hope that you experience that by being here and that you take that with you as we leave today. You know, we were on vacation, um, and I have to say it's probably one of the first times that I've been able to leave and just know everything was so good because it's been quite a, a journey for the last few years. And someone said, well, who's the pastor on call? And I said, all of you, hmm. you know, you hmm. guys have this. Did you know that? Did you, Did you know call that? For 10 days, you were on call. Yeah, <laughs> but I knew that you would take care of each other and whatever came up and thank you. So today we're talking about leadership and that means all of you. Did I say my name? No, you didn't. Carrie Jones. And I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace. So the guys are laughing back there because they put a white space where I just have to stand because I moved that. over here out of the light. You know, there's like five white tapes, so she's got all kind of leeway I up here. I do. And I'm still on vacation brain, so who knows what's <laughs> going to come. Um, we are two sinners who have been saved by who the knows? grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Almighty God, thank you so much for today. To be together as family. God, you are a good God. And no matter what happens in our lives, that doesn't change. Open our hearts that we would receive your word your message that's intended for each one of us in a, just the way we need it. So we thank you for today and for your love and most of all for your son Jesus. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Before you start, Bill Trench, thank you so much for the message last week. Yeah. Um, we were able to watch online. And we, we were so watching. We were watching and it was, it was, it was a blessing. So, yeah. okay. so character. Character, you know the word, if you look it up, it has a, a variety of definitions. On the one hand, it means features that make up or distinguish an individual. Uh, for example, it was a side of her character that few people had ever seen. On the other hand, character can refer to a, a person in a book, play, or movie. For example, Atticus Finch in To Kill a Mockingbird is one of my favorite characters. And they add another definition refers to a person with some eccentricities. This friend of mine was a real character, yeah. But for our discussion this morning, character refers to 
good repute, high esteem, honor, moral strength, integrity. Uh, and so an example of that would be one of Nehemiah's leadership strengths was his character. It's what a person is made of, especially when the going gets tough. It's, it goes further really and deeper than just mere reputation. Reputation is who people think you are. Character is who you really are, even when nobody's looking. That's what character is, when you, who you are when nobody's looking. And so today, when we say character, that character is an important leadership quality, we mean that it is important for a leader to have positive character traits and moral qualities, to exhibit high standards when no one's looking, someone we would be proud of, not ashamed of. A person with character has integrity. Say integrity. integrity. Yeah, that's what a person of character has. And everyone is a leader in some area of their life. Maybe you lead teams of people in your job. Maybe you lead your household. Maybe you lead a team on a ball field. Maybe you have an opportunity to lead somewhere, but every single person here is a leader in some way. Anytime you're in a group of people, you have an opportunity to lead. Because sometimes in conversations, the conversations can turn into something like gossip or some unkind words. And so that's when we have an opportunity to be leaders and switch the conversation to be uplifting. So every, when we say leader, we mean you. Now, Nehemiah was a man of character. He was a Hebrew who was part of the Babylonian exile. And the Babylonian exile was around 600 BC. King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon besieged Jerusalem and exiled or shipped away the best and the brightest from Jerusalem to Babylon. Maybe you might remember a couple weeks ago we were talking about this when we talked about David, I mean, sorry, Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and the fiery furnace. Nehemiah became cupbearer to the king. I always thought cupbearer wasn't that great of a job because if somebody was going to get poisoned, (laughs) it was going to be you because your job was to protect the king. But on the other hand, the cupbearer was a high-ranking royal official whose primary duty was to serve wine to the king. You know, if nobody poisons you, it's not a bad gig if you can get it, you know. Here's the thing about the position of cupbearer. Being in the constant fear of being poisoned, the king had to completely trust this person. Had to have complete trust in this person. The cupbearer then had unquestioned loyalty in order to have the king's complete and utter confidence. And so this cupbearer had to be someone of integrity, a a person of character. In our preparation for today, we um, did some research. There was an online article back in November of 2018 written by Brett and Kate McKay, and they asked the question, what is character? And then they answer the question by offering three true qualities of character. And we found the article 
pretty interesting and really gave us some food for thought. All three of these qualities have the word moral, M-O-R-A-L, in them. And they deal with what is right and what is ethical, what a person does or at least tries to do. And so we want to share those three qualities that they presented. The first character quality is moral attachment. It's kind of weird. All three of these are a little bit weird, but I, I hope that as we unpack them, they make sense to you. Moral attachment. They share that a person with character is not focused on themselves, that the world doesn't revolve around them, but instead of others, that they think about other people. Character has always been having an attachment something that's something greater than ourselves, something greater than oneself, looking toward the greater good. Say greater good. Yeah, that's what moral attachment is. It's not about inside, but it's about um, others. And so in the beginning of the first chapter of Nehemiah, we read where he is told about the Jewish remnant. I love that word remnant, like just a speck, just a little bit left that survived the exile. Um, those who were still living in the homeland back in Jerusalem. So mm. check this out, Nehemiah 1, verses 3 through 11. And Nehemiah shares this. They said to me, those, these are some people coming in and telling him about what they found back in the homeland. They said to me, those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, this is Nehemiah speaking, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. And then I said, Lord, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments. Let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer. Your servant, that's Nehemiah, is praying before you day and night for your servants. Now, is he not praying for himself? For your servants the people of Israel. I confess the sins we Israelites, including myself and my father's family, have committed against you. We've acted very wickedly toward you. We have not obeyed the commands, decrees, and laws you gave your servant Moses. He continues, remember the instruction you gave your servant Moses, saying, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands, then even if your exiled people are at the farthest horizon, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. They are your servants and your people, whom you redeemed by your great strength and your mighty hand. Lord, as he continues talking to God, Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of this your servant, and to the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name. Give your servant success today by granting him favor. He's like talking in the third person. By granting him favor in the presence of this man. And then he concludes by saying, I was cupbearer to the king. 
I find that little tag on interesting. <laughs> kind of a switch there, a switch of gears. See, Nehemiah, so he hears the story from some of those who have been left behind, those who are living with trouble and in disgrace. Their city, they're living in Jerusalem, the once great city of Jerusalem that is now in ruins. The wall of the city, the, the symbol of strength and unity is rubble. And its once great wooden gates now are simply large pieces of charcoal. And so when Nehemiah heard this, he sat down and he wept. And he was crying not so much for himself, but for those left behind for the nation of Israel. <laughs> As he points out in the last sentence, he's cupbearer to the king. He's got a killer job. A job some might even envy a kind of a cushy, again, if you don't get poison, with a lot of fringe benefits, not overly taxing, and rubs elbows with the king. He's not crying for himself. He's crying for his people, the ones left behind. He's morally, here you go, attached to them, moral attachment. See, that's what leaders, good leaders, leaders with character do. They empathize with others, with over their difficult situations, over their challenges, and they are morally attached to them. This reminds us of one of our axioms, Connection Church's axioms, one of our go-to statements. It's four letters. Anybody know what it is? I am. What's that mean? It's not about me. We've been saying that for 18 years. It's not about me. You know, when we come here on Sunday morning, we come to glorify God. That is, it's lifting our hearts toward God together. But we also come to uplift one another. You know, think about when you're all by yourself in your house and you're praying to God. And, and it's glorious and it's wonderful. But when we're together as a family, we encourage one another because I don't know about you, but I know about me, I come in here with a lot of junk. And I was talking to a friend yesterday who's going through a mess, and this person said, mm. I just couldn't wait, I can't wait to get to church because it's my safe place. And that's because it's about the family. It's not about, like, we're not in it just for ourselves. I am. So our job is to be the hands and feet of Jesus when we leave here. And so that's what moral attachment is, to be concerned about one another. Mm. And so moral attachment, another quality of character is moral discipline. This is where an individual has self-mastery, self-restraint, has control his or her control over impulses and desires. They have control in terms of doing what is right and knowing what's wrong. When Nehemiah learned about his homeland, it was upsetting, it was distressing. It could have conjured up anger. But we don't read that he wants to retaliate. We don't read that he's seeking revenge against the Babylonians. What we learn is that after he sat down and wept, he mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. He sought God and God's direction instead of giving in to what could have been a negative response. Asking for God's blessing, he made a plan to seek help from the king. 
as he said, Lord, give your servant success today by granting him, and he's talking about himself, favor in the presence of this man, the king whom he serves. And so when Nehemiah, the next time Nehemiah served wine to the king, he was sad. The king noticed that, asked, like, why are you so sad? And here's Nehemiah's response. He says in his writing, I was very much afraid, but I said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? Then Nehemiah says, the king said to me, what is it you want? Then he takes a minute, he starts praying, he says, then I prayed to the God of heaven and I answered the king. I can just imagine Nehemiah like takes this big breath, getting ready to say the next thing. If it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city in Judah where my ancestors are buried so I can rebuild it. And the king and queen, scripture tells us, then asked how long it would take. And then it doesn't even, even give us an answer, but then it says, tells us that they granted Nehemiah's request. Sounds like they had a little bit of character. Absolutely. So Nehemiah then had the courage, <laughs> he's gutsy now, to ask for letters to allow him to get timber from the king's forest so he could make beams for the gates that have been burned out. And Nehemiah reports that because the gracious hand of God was upon him, you see how God is with him. He's seeking God's favor, seeking God's direction every step of the way in this thing. Because the gracious hand of God was upon him, that's the reason the king granted his request, is what Nehemiah tells us. And so even though Nehemiah had this really great job as cupbearer, Remember, he's still a servant to the king. He still was part of the group that had been exiled, had been removed from his homeland when Babylon, the Babylonians conquered it. So for Nehemiah, this re we really think this request of the king took a lot of guts, took a lot of courage, and most of all, was an example of real character. Not only that, he was willing to trade his comfortable cupbearer job for a job that was a lot more challenging. He was going to be the foreman. He was asking to be the foreman of a nearly impossible task of rebuilding the Jerusalem walls from the ruin that they are now in. That's part of the moral discipline that makes up character. That's so important in leadership. Being disciplined can be really challenging and it can be demanding. Can I get like an amen on that one? It's challenging to be disciplined. Sometimes it's easy to say, oh well, oh well. But no, he was morally disciplined. He chose the difficult road, which took discipline. He bathed all of his decisions in prayer and he sought God every step of the way in the endeavor. And he gave God the glory for the positive response of the king. It's not like, yeah, okay, he liked me. It was, God, you get the glory 
for the king's response. Moral discipline, you know, moral means to hold high principles for proper conduct. You know, it's not just discipline we're talking here, although discipline is absolutely crucial, like going to the discipline of going to the gym or getting enough sleep or whatever, you know. (laughs) Those disciplines are important, but this goes beyond just discipline. It's moral discipline, doing the right thing, even when things get difficult, even when things get challenging, even when we're in situations where we'd maybe even like to lash out, tear down, make choices maybe that hurt others. It's the discipline to honor uh, our spouse, for example, even at those times when it's not the easiest thing for us to do. To have patience with a coworker when they are, you know, plucking our last uh, uh, nerve. You know what I'm talking about here. To allow God to order our steps <coughs> when there's a fork in the road. Moral discipline is all throughout these pages that we're reading in Nehemiah. We also find, <coughs> excuse me, in James, first chapter of James in the New Testament. James was Jesus' brother who lead, led the council in Jerusalem <laughs> later on. And in 19 through 20, verse 19 through 20 of first chapter of James, here's what he said. He says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen. Say quick to listen. Quick to listen. Slow to speak. Say slow to speak. Slow to speak. And slow to become angry. Say slow to become slow angry. Slow to become angry. You know, you got one quick and two slows there. <laughs> quick well, to listen. that's interesting. Slow to speak. Yeah. Slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Now, there are times and places we even saw Jesus where righteous anger, anger on behalf of someone else who's being wronged, is, is, is a good, can be a good thing. But generally speaking, human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Nehemiah had moral discipline. And so we've talked about the first two. We had um, moral, do I have a, yeah, moral attachment and then moral discipline. The last thing is moral autonomy, the idea of moral autonomy. They said that character does not develop in an environment in which moral decisions, ethical decisions, are based on force of the individual. What I mean is if I am forced to make the right decision by someone else, That's really not autonomous, is it? But moral autonomy means that I am um, using discretion and choice and judgment of my own free will. I'm making that decision from within. If I am forced to do something, it's not my character coming through. Character is when we willingly choose on our own uncoerced by others to take the next right step. And so Nehemiah certainly had moral autonomy. He came to the decisions that we read about on his own after careful prayer and discernment. He realized the need and the importance, and he took steps of leadership to make happen what needed to happen. And the most important component of Nehemiah's leadership was his dependence on God. 
seeking direction every step of the way. From the very beginning, he sought the Lord's direction and favor with fasting and prayer, and throughout the rebuilding of the wall, from asking the king's permission to return Jerusalem to the actual rebuilding, which we'll talk about in the next couple of weeks, Nehemiah sought God's help through prayer. That's character. That's character that brings good leadership. Character. It comes from the Greek word that actually is pronounced character. It looks different. And it means engraved mark, symbol, or imprint on the soul. That's what that Greek word means. So even more if we look back into the Greek, it, to engrave, to scrape and scratch, can think about what it means to engrave something, to imprint something. Now, in ancient times, a character was a stamp or a marking impressed into wax or clay which served as a signature. We just got a wedding invitation from our nephew, and it had a big honking uh, wax thing with, with a G in it. I mean, it was like hanging. I'm surprised that it got delivered. It was like a big imprint monogram. So did you get that too, Aaron and Kyle? Yeah. Was it big and honking? Okay. It was. You know, if ours was special or something. Yeah. But... I think this is like my favorite part of this sermon. I think it is. Thinking about what character, we've been talking about it, uh, character traits, but a character stamped, a token visible by something that was distinguishable from other things. And so you get to take the next really good part of this. I get the best part. You do. And so Nehemiah was stamped. He had a stamp like it, but his was God's stamp on his life. God had stamped his life. God's marking. God's character stamps on his life, what we're looking at today in the next couple of weeks. Because God's mark on Nehemiah's life was part of everything he did. You know, as he wept for those who were left behind in Jerusalem, as he sought the king's approval of his plan of revitalization, as he came to lead the project aimed not for his own benefit, but for the benefit of the remnant of the exiled, it was God's stamp on his life that was every evident every step of the way. God's stamp, God's marking, God's character that showed through in Nehemiah's character that allowed Nehemiah to be the leader that he was. So we get to the big question. What about you? What about you? Is God's stamp, is God's marking, is God's character evident in your life? When people see you, can they see God's stamp on your life? Is your character based on God's character as you offer leadership in whatever area that you're in, whether you're on the playground with your kid, or whether you're in some high-profile job with teams, or whatever, is God's character evident? Is God's stamp on you? So back to the three characters, traits of three traits that we talked about is moral attachment 
at the center of your choices, at the center of your life, where your focus is on others rather than yourself? Is moral discipline part of your leadership style, not acting on impulse or desire? Oh my gosh, just closing our mouths and listening or waiting to respond or taking a deep breath like Nehemiah did before he went and talked to the king. That moral discipline that takes obedience. And what about moral autonomy? Are you a person with character when nobody tells you what to do, but you just do the next right thing anyway? Being autonomous of your free will, being a person of high integrity when nobody's looking. Hmm. Now we stop and think about it. These are the very things that mark us as followers of Jesus Christ, aren't they? The very things that Christ calls us to as, 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 as his people. To put others before self. That was a constant, constant thing that Jesus shared. Yeah. To, to seek God's direction in all things, all situations. Think about how much prayer Christ offered and how he led others. To choose to do the right thing of our own free will, not because we're forced by someone else. All the things that God, Jesus directed us to. Of course, there is one more thing, and absolutely the, the most important thing that we haven't even talked about yet. And that's to choose to make Jesus Christ our Savior to choose Jesus Christ as Lord of our life. You know, Lord is the one that you bow down to, the one that you lift up, the one who comes first and foremost. Above everything else that we've talked about today, that's the mark, God's mark on us when we put Jesus as Savior and Lord of all. Amen? And when Amen. we do, I just think about Lord like... We, we bow. I mean, it's like we, we go down because we realize that that's a role of being subservient to the one who has the authority in our lives. And when we do that, character is going to flow through because it's God's character. It's the character of Jesus Christ. It just will happen. We won't even have to work on it as hard when we're connected, when our life is driven by Jesus. Amen? Amen? That's the good news. Let's believe it and let's live it. Would you pray with us, please? Almighty God, thank you so much for, for this man in the Old Testament, for Nehemiah, who really gives us a lot of um, is a great example of, of character. Thank you for your word found in Scripture. And it all points to you, to your son Jesus. And so we thank you. Help us um, when we're faced with a challenge. When we leave here, it could happen on the way out or it could happen tomorrow or the next day. Help us step into this place of character where 
you're just stamped on us. We have your stamp so that people can see you through us. Thank you, God, for this awesome church, for worship today, and we give you all the honor and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.